Yes, you're with me, Katie Kedine. MyTalk1071.com. Go to my show page and listen to all the past shows or whatever. How does a mouse feel after it takes a shower, Mike? Well, the dumb answer would just be clean, and it's a mouse, so I'm going to say squeaky clean. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. He's good. Good. Oh my God. Look at you. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, that is unreal. I have so many useless dad jokes in this head. And, oh, wow. Yeah, I think that was cute myself. Squeaky yeah, just dissect it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay, let's go on back. <laughs> dissect. Go back to Martha. The same sentence as yeah. mouse. <laughs> let's go back to Martha. Hi, Martha. Hi there. Okay. So now um, uh, the big thing that we were t- talking in during break here is that, you know, you got all you can do is try the best you can. But then there comes a point, you know, you have to be realistic. Who's better off for the whole situation? Okay. And so that's why sometimes, you know, we've all had cats. We had to rehome at one time or another because it just didn't work out. And see, we're, me and Jess are, are, are lucky where we have our cats are indoor outdoors. They're not totally indoors. So that a lot of times that solves the problem itself, you know, because they can get away. They don't feel kept. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. there are some cats that when they're that reactive, you know, something sets them off outside and they attack the cat that's inside. There's dogs that do that. You know, when they get all riled, they attack. you know the the other dog that they live with and so things can get out of hand real fast but like i say try a screen door where one cat's on one side and then one other the cat gets to run around and then switch it up and that's all you can and what you're hoping for is that sometimes too if you can feed the cats like with the cat on one side of of the screen door and the other cat on the other side of the screen door so they're eating by each other but not right in their face so when more Mm -hmm. good things can happen with that cat hopefully you know it won't and then using the rescue remedy you know type thing uh hopefully that you don't need it for the dog make sure the cat's water is different than the dog's water okay right, right. but anyway so you just got to be honest and all you can do is try but you don't want to have a lot of vet bills over, over you know major punctures when they get into the major fights right, right. well thank you okay. very much i'm sorry we didn't have a magic wand i got a question though it just kind of popped in my head what do you feed oh, yeah. these cats what do you feed them um, I feed them both canned and dry. Okay, what can do? Is it, is it a grain-free can? It's um, fan, uh, fussy cat. Okay, I think it's uh, it is grain-free. Yeah. Okay, because sometimes a diet can make a cat be and a dog be and even human be stupid in the head. <laughs> okay, huh. and so I would strongly suggest that you try a good grain-free cat food. You know, Nutrisource has got seven without chicken in it. Okay, and it's because almost mm-hmm. everything has chicken, and sometimes cats get a lot of time. I've got a cat with chicken sensitivity. Okay, <clears throat> so try the seven without. Pull the uh, the dry food totally. Okay, for mm-hmm. two weeks, and just see if that pays pays a plays a, a part in the demeanor of the cat. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the cats don't feel good. They're, you know what I mean, where they got their tummies a little bit or whatever. Maybe they feel right. a little, um, like the doodoos are, if their doodoos are really dry, they, you know, then they're mm-hmm. really working hard to get them out because there's not enough moisture in the diet. They can't drink enough water to compensate for that dry matter. And so the thing is, is that overall, maybe if by trying that, that maybe that might get that cat to be a little bit nicer and politer cat because it feels better. Okay. Good point, yeah. Okay, and so, like, I tried the Nutrisource one, because uh, what you're suggesting is that there's a lot of fillers to that, and so you want some good, you know, and then, like, let's say you're having, uh, making a hamburger, flip a couple pieces to the cats, 
Okay, mm-hmm. you're cutting up chicken. Flip a couple pieces to the cats. Try some canned mm-hmm. canned chicken, um, uh, canned sardines. You know, just try to you know, cats take change hard, but because they're eating grain or uh, the the canned and the dry, just nix the dry now. Just give them total can. Okay, and if mm-hmm. your cats are too fat, boy, they'll lose weight real good too with just canned food. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a good idea. So maybe try just without the dry food for two weeks. Yep, and then if you're not seeing anything, then no chicken. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Because huh. I, I, okay. just, I just did a whole um, webinar. It was like once a week for four weeks about epilepsy and dogs. Okay. And they talked about, you know, the connection between um, food sensitivities and epilepsy. So basically what that tells you is that food can affect your brain. Yes. And so that's why I try to think, you know, if we get around a better diet and less fillers, you know, a healthier diet. Yeah. And, and, and chicken by far, chicken is like slipped into... Everything. Pretty much every food on the planet, and so yeah, uh, I think I think with Nutrisource with their Pure Vita food, those are like actually like only the ingredients yes. on the, the label. Pure Vita, the Pure Vita mm-hmm. line is only beef, only turkey, only right, whatever. Yeah, there's and nothing so, else. And, in and it. then what you want to do is you want a bunch of different foods so that every time you crack a can, it's something new and different. And then you know, for the second two weeks, just no chicken. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And like I say, Nutrisource has got six that have no chicken. It's just the regular Nutrisource line. Okay. Are those the so, canned foods? Yes, the canned foods. Oh, yep. Okay. Cool. Yep, they, yep. And so that's why, like I say, there is no, there's other meats in there, but chicken yep. is not in there. Okay. Yep. I got in there. I really pestered him when Walter started faltering on the. I could. I was feeding him dog food because I couldn't find any grain-free canned food without chickens. You know, for in in it. So, but then they came out with this line. So anyway, so yeah. So that's what I would try to work with the diet. You know, two to three weeks, no dry whatsoever, and just see if you notice a, a demeanor difference in the in the cats. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We'll okay. Keep me posted. Yeah, we'll do. Thank okay. You so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah, that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that would head. do because I would think like you know the. You know, the cats that I had in the past where we had to rehome them because they didn't get along. Like, you know, we didn't know anything about food back then. Right. Yep, yep. No. <laughs> that was in the pre, pre-food knowledge yeah, days. Yeah, I know it. Okay, who's up next there, Mr. Mike? We've got Julie here. She's got a pupper that needs an ACL operation. She's just looking for some details on uh, how that's going to all go. Yay, Dr. Jess has got a real question all to herself. Yay. Okay, hey, Julie, how you doing? Good. Good, good. Okay, Ms. Dr. Levy, you're on. Oh, that's okay. You can just tell us about it. What kind of dog is it? Okay, it's an English Springer Spaniel, mm-hmm. and she is about eight and a half years old. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Um, uh, she just started to walk on three legs, so mm-hmm. we brought her into the vet, mm-hmm. and she had um, you know, blood tests done, and she had radiographs, and... Um, and uh, the vet says that she has uh, worn out her ACL, mm-hmm. and now uh, she's on um, carprofen, I think they call it, and she's walking on all fours. Mm-hmm. But she, um, but uh, she still is acting like it's tender. Mm-hmm. And um, and the veterinarian herself uh, doesn't do uh, orthopedic surgery. She's referred me out to an orthopedic surgeon, mm-hmm. and he can't get to her until the end of January. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering a couple of things. I'm wondering, first of all, um, uh, is there any way to help her um, through any sort of therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, water therapy? 
I mean, outside of just making her more comfortable in the meantime. Um, uh, and uh, I was also wondering um, uh, about how long is she going to need to rehab after this? And I have to also let you know that I'm retired. I'm home all the time, so it's not like she's going to be by herself. But we do have a vacation planned in, um, at the beginning of March, and I'm wondering if she would be better off to have it after that or if, you know, a month is enough for her to rehab and then go into a kennel situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a loaded question. Yeah, and so um, like the rehab for a, a torn ACL is uh, probably about mm, eight to twelve weeks, and but it's similar for after surgery. So so okay. whether whether you do so, surgery um, or not. So what I've read then, I've read that she would not be probably her a hundred percent for up to possibly six months. For what? For the surgery after the surgery. Um, yeah, I mean, either way, there's a fair amount of rehab involved. When I rehabbed my own dog, it um, I did it for a couple of months uh, the first time around. So he, he blew the ligaments in both his knees within the same week. Um, you know, blew one, I scheduled him for x-rays. By the time we got around to the x-rays, he'd blown the other one. Yeah, well, she warned me about that. She said that the one leg is more muscled than the other leg, so she's obviously been favoring it and you just mm-hmm. can't tell because she walks on all fours mm-hmm. and my husband um since she's a puppy has been walking her for like in excess of an hour every day so good. she's had a lot of time good. on her legs good um they said that they said that uh you know not to walk her more than like the length of two city blocks um in the meantime they also said that she was slightly arthritic Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, any dog, you know, that's right. nine years old. Right, but, right. And um, uh, it also is important to say that she's on the big side for an English Springer Spaniel. She's about 60 pounds. Her parents were big, mm-hmm. but she's probably, I would say she'd be better off at, at 55 pounds, and she's probably closer to 65 pounds, so we're trying to get that off of her. That would be a help. Yeah, but that's excellent. Okay, we need to hold that thought because we've got to run to break, and then we'll come back and continue talking, okay? So don't okay. hang up, all right? Okay, what do you call a baby bear with no teeth? What do you call a baby bear with no teeth? We'll be back. All right, thank you. Hey, Okay, we're still with Martha. Where are we with? Uh, this is Julie with the... Oh, uh, Julie, there you go. Yep. Okay, I can't see the screen. Okay, Julie, are you still with us? Yep. Okay, so Dr. Jess with the ACL. Okay, so here's the deal with ACLs. Um, in order to uh, tear an ACL, there has to be pre-existing inflammation within the joint. And that is typically caused by... A lot of it is caused by food. It's caused by genetics. Some of it's caused by vaccines. And so, like, that's something that you need to correct. So there's always this kind of idea that, oh, you know, when one leg goes, it's only a matter of time before the other one goes. Yes, that's if you have no idea what's causing it. But once you know that it's because of pre-existing inflammation in the connective tissue, then you can take steps to preserve the other leg and not necessarily have it happen. With my dog, it was so quick, back to back, within the same week that I didn't really have a chance to put a whole lot in place. So then what I did at the time was I rehabbed him. I did not go to surgery. I rehabbed him at home over the course of a couple of months. 
And that was in the fall. And then winter came and he did great through the winter. And then in the spring, we started exercising too fast, too soon. Okay. And he was lame every day for about a month. And then we decided to rest him for a month. And then we went back through, I went back through the rehab process. Okay. And the second time it was successful and he has been sound ever since. So, so that is basically um, something that you can handle. There is a website out there called Tigger Paws. It's www.t, as in Tom, I-G-G-E-R, P as in Paul, O, Z as in zebra, dot com. So TiggerPaws.com, and it is a website that kind of helps you decide whether surgery is the way you want to go for torn ACL. So I always direct people to that website because it has some useful information on it. Now, there are a million ways to rehab a dog from a torn ACL. Uh, You do need to start with diet because now that you know that there's an inflammatory inciting cause, so you need to reduce inflammation in your dog on an ongoing basis. And you can't take carprofen for the rest of your life because that's not recipe for a happy gut. Um, so if your dog is, uh, eating dry food, stop doing that, switch to a raw diet. It's very easy to do. It's the least inflammatory diet for dogs. There is a ton of information on my website. I put up a favorites page that has my favorite raw feeding videos, my favorite places to get raw food, my favorite raw feeding books. And so you can just kind of start to orient yourself and dive in at your own pace. And what is your website? Holistic-vet-care.com. Yes. I- Whoopsies. What happened? She had thyroid disorder, mm-hmm. I did. And you had me put her on a, a, like a hamburger product at the time. It was frozen okay. um, instead of her dry food. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then I, uh, and B12, a lot of B12, mm-hmm. and then I end up having to uh, actually put her on thyroid medicine eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, I, so I, I kind of understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the raw food. I, I know that you can get it, you know, like, like a Chuck and Don's in a roll yep. or whatever, or you can, you know, make it yourself with right. vitamins, you know. Right. But... Um, so I, I I didn't realize um, I've seen the the operation done on on the internet mm-hmm. and um, it and I I didn't realize that it could have anything to do with diet so mm-hmm. that that is a very enlightening to me yep, good um, she has been on dry food for most of her life mm-hmm. as most dogs and. Um, you know, some uh, meat and vegetables from the table, but Good. her mainstay has been dry food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, um, and the veterinarian says from the radiographs mm-hmm. that it's not just her ACL isn't just torn, it's basically worn out. The mm-hmm. way that I, I, the way that she put it to me is it couldn't be more screwed up. Mm-hmm. That's basically how she put it mm-hmm. and and um and now you know I, i'm kind of concerned because she's walking on it mm-hmm. they have me 
they have me walking her with a leash in my yard, and I, mm-hmm. I, I just have a small fenced yard in the city, you know, it's not big. And there's a pen where I normally have her go, but mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of bunnies and stuff, and you don't want her running around. And so they have me have her on a leash, mm-hmm. and... um and even with just walking her just a little tiny bit, I can tell she's mm-hmm. favoring the the paw when when I come home, and that worries me because um, you know with her being arthritic, I have arthritis myself in my back, and I know if I'm not active, it just gets worse. Right. So I don't want her to get all stiff from laying right. around the house. Right. Right. And so then then that tells you right there that what you need is more and safer inflammatory control things that you can do at home because you know when you walk her that she's going to be sore afterwards so you can be proactive about it you don't have to wait to see if she's going to be sore and yeah, so i had a mm-hmm. i had a dalmatian that had ligament problems and mm-hmm. i learned about uh the uh the you know the tea touch and you know mm-hmm. massage and oh good a I, little bit okay you know, good. i mean i'm not yeah I'm not so an expert i was also so doctor- wondering my clinic offers uh uh acupuncture mm-hmm. and, and i was wondering if if that could be a help yeah all you, all you can do is try it right some dogs will respond well to it and some dogs won't so I would definitely do it if it's something that's available to you. Are there supplements that she can use to help rebuild, yeah. uh, like from standard process or whatever? Yeah. And so a lot of what you, the work that you need to do does involve supplements. And so a lot of times people start their dogs on a joint supplement, which is not wrong. It's not a bad thing to do, but this is not a joint problem. It's a ligament problem. Could and, I give her like omega-3? Um, I, I take... Um, mm-hmm. I take like an omega three supplement that's supposed to be made from. Good. Right. Okay, but wait a sec. Okay, Good. hold on a sec. Okay, so let Doctor Jess uh, get, do yeah, the supplements. You, okay. Yeah, you you have to you have to rebuild the connective tissues, and so you can definitely use things like omega threes and probiotics, and those were all will all help her health and help manage some of the inflammation. But you also need to rebuild ligaments, right? And so for those, we use very specific supplements. So I typically will start with uh, a few that are made by standard process. Uh, With a dog that size, I would use Ligaplex 1 for a minimum of two months, two capsules twice a day. And you open the capsules and dump them onto whatever you're feeding her or dump them onto whatever, cottage cheese, I don't care, yogurt. Um. And then after that, I would do at least two months of Ligaplex 2, two capsules twice a day. I would use standard process calcium lactate, one tablet three times a day. And I would use standard process collagen C, one tablet three times a day. And I would just use those for the duration of, you know, let's say four or five months, however long this is going to take. It's a little bit more difficult to rehab a dog through the winter just because it gets icy out. So maybe if you can plow a little trail or something in your fenced yard and maybe lay down some chicken grit to make it less slippery so that you can traipse around with her out there. But she does need to be out walking. And so what I did with my dog is as soon as he could bear weight, he wasn't sound. He was still gimpy. But as soon as he could bear weight on his feet, we were out there walking. And so at first, like the first three or four days, you go down to the next mailbox and back. 
And then for the next three or four days after that, you go down to the mailbox after that, or you walk down to the tree or, you know, you just increase the distance a little bit until Mm -hmm. she gets back up to her hour long walks or whatever she was doing before. Okay. At the same time, you want to use Boswellia as your herbal pain management so that you can just give her a dog this size. You can easily give her double the recommended human dose of Boswellia in a tablet or a capsule twice a day and just do it for the first two months. Just give it to her twice a day and give her an additional tablet. If you get back from a walk and you think that she's going to be sore or if she does seem to be more gimpy, just give it to her right away. It will not interfere with the carprofen, but it's a lot safer. And you can find Boswellia at any health food store. People take it all the time for arthritis. It's okay, very safe you, for dogs. What do you think about, um, uh, the vet said that she was thinking about if she still has pain, mm-hmm. um, adding um, Neurotin, uh and and that and right and that is that is up That's to you. So mm-hmm, as a holistic vet, I kind of run a drug-free practice. So I tend to think in terms of Boswellia. herbs and supplements that are going to be safer and that will actually resolve the issue versus just compensating for pain. Okay, she, can she give you get a hold of you? How does she get a hold of just you? Just email me through my website holistic-vet-care.com. Okay, oh, kiddo. I know how to get a hold of you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, we got to we got to run to break. Hold on, we got to run to break. Okay. Okay. Oh, we didn't do it the last? Oh, there we go. We'll be back. All righty then. Say we'll do the question that we didn't give the answer to again. Okay, what do you what do you call a baby bear with no teeth? Guess we'll, we'll give you a first shot at this. Wait, go ahead. I'm, I'm waiting to hear Mike's answer because I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm glad you gave me the extra segment because I was stuck on cub. It has to do something with a cub. It has to be something with a cub. And then I was like, well, gums and a cub. And then I got to gummy bear. Yeah, you got nice. it. Gummy bear. Man, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. Amazing. What do you call a baby bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. Boom. There you go. Good job. Okay, well, hopefully we can, uh, we'll try to get to, don't take any more calls. We'll take the ones we got because we want to try to get to a little bit about cancer, okay? Okay. So who's up next? Well, speaking of teeth, we've got a question here about uh, how to get tartar out of uh, teeth from Peggy. Oh, tartar. Peggy? Hi there, Peggy. Hi. Turn on State Highway. She's those good directions. (laughs) I heard that. (laughs) Yeah, we're driving. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. What's the question? Um, so my dog bought three or four now and she's got tartar on her back teeth okay and i was given she was chewing bones and, and that was kind of doing it it seems like it took over a little bit now we'll see at her back teeth i just don't know if there's something i could do to help brush it off or okay do you have any uh, brush off the what, teeth? what kind of bones were you using well the kind of katie recommends the, the raw butcher bones okay so yeah. now you need some smaller bones that your dog can completely consume and that she'll use her back teeth to crunch on so try um, chicken necks, duck wings, chicken feet, duck heads, chicken feet, pork neck bones. Yeah, pork that. Uh huh. Are those all? Are those all ones that you get from the butcher? Or? From the grocery store. Some, okay. Or Canine mm-hmm. Crossing up in yeah, first. Yeah, Canine, Canine Crossing in Andover sells a lot of them. Yeah. So basically, those are the kinds of things you need. Um, so in addition to feeding a regular. Uh, raw diet which is completely ground up so then it's helpful to feed bones that are not ground up so that your dog can clean her own teeth and so okay. the the butcher bones will clean up kind of the little teeth up front and the canine teeth okay. 
But in order to clean up the molars and premolars in the back, they need to kind of crunch down on a bone that they're then going to swallow. So, yeah, so depending on the size of dog, little tiny dogs can get away with eating things like, you know, duck wings or chicken necks. You might even have to cut them up into kind of inch long chunks at first. If the dog is going to want to try to swallow them whole. Yeah. And Gilligan, but if it's a bigger dog, like a lab or a golden retriever, they can easily chop up a duck wing or a pork neck bone. Um, and those, you know, you can just find these things in the grocery. Isn't there something you caught? You are, what was that? Like we were talking about a ball or something, a golden ball or something for teeth. We had tartar on tartar. Well, golden paste. Golden. I, yeah. I have people use golden paste for their dog's teeth as well. So golden paste is basically, um, Coconut oil with a little bit of turmeric and black pepper to activate the turmeric. So you melt the coconut oil, add your turmeric and black pepper, and then let it solidify again once you've mixed it up. And then you can just pick up kind of a pea size or a marble size blob of golden paste (laughs) and smush it onto the the tartar-covered tooth, and it should help soften it up as well. Okay. Okay. I mean, soften up the tartar, not the tooth. Right. Right. Okay. So that eventually it, it can kind of break down a little bit. So, so you melt the coconut oil. Yeah. You know what? I stole the recipe from Dogs Naturally magazine. Okay. So if you go on, the, just go on the Dogs Naturally magazine oh. website okay. or, or email me and I'll email you the recipe okay. that I stole. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Right, thank you. You betcha. Right, thanks, so thanks for holding on for so long. Okay. You bet. <laughs> okay. Who's up next? Next up here, we've got Shelly. She's got a, a couple of labs, a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and the three-year-old just will not share. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Shelly. That's true. <laughs> What's up? So, um, yeah, the three-year-old lab just will not let the six-year-old lab have a toy, be near the toy, play with the ball. Okay. What do you do the, about it? What, yeah, good question. So... This has been probably going on for two years. She didn't do it right away. Um, try to just do the no or, you know, leave it. Or we've tried separating. That just causes her to get, like, crazy. Okay. Um, so if you're playing fetch. So, the, yeah. So outside, the, even, uh, okay. both run for the ball. If the older lab gets it, the younger one will just, like, she doesn't bite her, but she ends up. She just takes it from her. Okay. And okay. It, I, I know that the older one is super submissive. If that's part of the problem, I don't know. But I was just, I just kind of feel bad. The only time she gets to play is when the, the other one's outside or okay. something. Just okay. So away. so what you got to do, first of all, is uh, be a good leader. Okay. You're, you know, your young one is being a brat. All right. Yep. So the best thing to do is you put a training collar on, you put a leash on, and then you throw the, have somebody throw the ball for the older dog, and then when the younger one like lurches, like he's gonna go, ah, leave it. Okay. And so, okay. and then what you after you have to is just stand on the leash, so that the, the young one can learn to just watch and not be a part of it. All right. Because see, now you're taking charge of the situation. Okay. Instead okay. of feeling bad. Uh, because what a lot of people do when they have an existing dog and they get a, a, a new dog, in their mind, they think the existing dog should be number one and the new dog should be number two. Okay. Humans have no say in it. 
Okay, they establish it between the two of them. Who's number one? Who's number two? You know, who's the more dominant one? Because once you can decide that, then that one gets petted first, uh, fed first, such like that. That's the way a pack runs, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, uh, because she's being such a brat, you know, with the older one when you're trying to play. And that's very normal. All right. So, but the thing is, is that what you got to say as, as mom saying, this is unacceptable. If you're not going to play nice in the sandbox and you hear, you stay with mom where the other one goes in place. Okay. And then vice versa. Then take the older one. Now it's the other one's turn. Let's say you throw it once. Now, if you listen to show, you know, I'm a huge anti fetch person because people over way over play fetch with their dogs and wreck their ACLs or hips, their whole structure. So the thing is sometimes pitch it once, stop twice, stop. No more than three times. Okay, then change dogs. Okay, now it's the other one's turn. Once to stop, twice to stop, or whatever. Find other ways to do things that they can learn to work together and you can share. Okay? okay. And so that, you know, um, as far as like teach tricks, you take one dog, somebody else takes the other dog, and then you're teaching the same trick to each dog. Or you trick, do a trick with one dog, and then somebody else does another trick with the other dog. Okay, so the thing is, is not to like exercise, exercise, exercise is to mentally drain them, get them look to you for direction. All right. That when you give them a ah, ah, don't even they're like, oh, fine. <laughs> All right. And so it's going to take a while with that one. Well, but, you, but, but you know, you got the right, but you get the right trading collar on and you work on your relationship. It doesn't that you can yeah. control the situation, you know, just with a ah, ah, don't even think it. Or you burst the pop, the, you know, the thought bubble. He's thinking about running after and getting the ball, but it's not his turn. Wrong. You wait here. So you say, hey, wait. You know, and so he's got to learn to wait his turn and watch what's going on around him and not interact. And like your goal is, is that if, let's say you're out there, you're throwing the ball for the older one and you, you've told the younger one to wait. And, uh, and then the younger one goes to move. Ah, wrong. Sit. The dog just being that calm will go fine. And then he'll calmly wait his turn. But you to begin with, you're going to use a trading collar and a leash so that you can follow through with what you want. Okay? okay, and so the dog learns the words, and then pretty soon you don't need the, t- the training collar and the leash because just your words, you know, been following through, has taught him to look to you for direction. May I go play if I'm nice? <laughs> okay? okay, and let's say you do. Like yep. And so the thing is, is that it's just a matter of being, you know, at any dog, any age, any dog can learn anything. Okay, so but that when it's up to the humans in the pack to change it. And then stick to it, okay? And so and if the humans in your pack, you know, can't do that, then one dog's out to play and the other, and the other, that one comes in and the other dog goes out to play when you play in fetching games. Now, when you're inside and let's say the older one grabs a toy, does the younger one go and grab it from him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First of all, don't have toys all over the house. Everybody thinks that's a solution. Put all the toys up, put them in a closet, in a box, and you decide what two toys are going to be out. All right. And so there again, you can put the trading collar. If she looks like she's going to go over to the, the older one to get it, ah, 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 get back here. Come here. Okay. You, and so that's the whole thing is that set up the rules for your house and then there's going to be a consequence should she blow through it. But the way it sounds is that the younger one is kind of the, the number one dog and your older one is number two. Okay. Absolutely. Right. And so that's why, like I said there, and, uh, uh, you'll be able to work with that because usually the number one dog gets petted first, gets dressed first, what da da da. Okay. And so sometimes what happens is that when you deem the wrong one, uh, 
like thinking that the the twelve year old should be, and the, but the six year old is. You deem the wrong one, and you you try to interfere and get that young one to step away. At times, that can cause dissension in, my, in the ranks, and sometimes it pow- she'll take it out on the older dog. Like, hey, you're number two, I'm number one. So that's why sometimes you just got to play with the pack and 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 understand that leaders, the ranking order, and if your older one is under the younger one, that then the, then the younger one gets petted first, played with first, she gets first. Okay, that's the way it works in a pack. You can you read that book I mentioned it earlier in the show, uh, People Training for Good Dogs, People Training for Good Dogs by Berryman, and that she's she'll help you understand how the dog sees it and thinks, and then start working with it. Okay. Okay. That okay. Like a good, good recommendation. Thank you. Okay, kiddo. It. You bet. Thanks for hanging okay. on. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. Ah, there we go. Yeah, people don't. You see, unfortunately, people. You know, it's uh, you don't. You're not thinking like a dog sometimes, and that gets gets crazy. Okay, what do you call a cow in a tornado? What do you call a cow in a tornado? We'll be back. All right, the last one for the day this week. Okay, what do you call a cow in a tornado, Dr. Jessica Levy? Wait a minute, turn out turn yourself on there. Oh, something to do with moo. Uh, movie. A movie? No. no. What do you know. call a cow in a tornado? A windy moo. A windy moo. <laughs> uh, okay, Mr. Mike. At all either. I, a milkshake? Yes. Is it? It's a milkshake. A, like a blended well, Look milk? at that. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Tornado. Wow. I knew he'd come through. Wow. I wasn't confident at all. Okay. You are good. You are good. So have you got what have got yourself some silly joke books and been like memorizing them or what? No, I wish. Yeah. Got well. that exact one. I wish I had that much time. Yeah. Studying yes. it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Sleeping with it under the pillow. Okay, this looks like a Katie one, I should say. <laughs> okay, well, we don't want, well, because we helped so many people today, I can't thank you enough. Now, how can they get a hold of you, Dr. Jess? Uh, through my website, holistic-fat-care.com. Calm. All right. And then we, we're going to talk about cancer, which is a huge subject in itself and would take a couple hours, but we're going to kind of sum it up. What would you want to start with as far as, yes, it's everywhere between humans and dogs, but what can we do for our pets? Well, I think, you know, um, a lot can be done to support their health, kind of restore uh, what whatever normal immune system function can be restored. And, and, you know, when I think of cancer treatment, it doesn't matter whether or not you do chemotherapy because you always have to kind of do the part where you're building them back up and strengthening whatever is left of them. Uh, but I think, you know, cancer is such a huge issue. And I think, you know, when it's just you and your dog or you and your cat, you're not aware that this is like this is going on everywhere. It has yep. become such a huge problem. At every conference, they'll make an announcement and say something like, well, you know, 50% of our dogs are going to die of cancer. Mm-hmm. And so that's massive, massive. If that if these were humans, um, I don't know what would happen, but supposedly would be more active about it. And so we do whatever we can to prevent, which sometimes in this day and age is also not enough. Yep. Um, so... Raw diet, supplements to support the immune system, supplements to help with your liver detoxification, with kidney detoxification. There's some specific supplements that I use for any patient with cancer. So general things are things like medicinal mushrooms that have anti-cancer activities. Okay. Uh, you want them to be organically grown in the U.S., processed in the U.S. Okay. There are a couple that are made for 
uh, pets that you can find really at any one of the small pet food stores in the Twin Cities metro and beyond. Okay. So Bixby Pet uh, makes medicinal mushroom blends. And then Super Snouts makes one called Super Shrooms. I remember that. A lot of times people get fixated on turkey tail because I think there's been maybe more research done about turkey tail. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't use that in exclusion. So if you want to use a medicinal mushroom blend and then add more turkey tail or chaga on top of that, I think that's fine. Like the more the merrier. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But but I wouldn't ignore the other medicinal mushrooms that also have anti-cancer uh, properties. Um, I also use a supplement called Apocaps a lot, which you just get it at apocaps.com, A-P-O-C-A-P-S.com. And that is a supplement that is designed by a veterinarian and it induces um, programmed cell death of the cancer cells, right? Because one of the big problems with cancer cells is that they are immortal yep. and that they're, they've kind good. of stepped outside of the yep. normal cycle yep. of growth and death that yeah. should happen to all of the cells in our bodies. And so Apocaps helps induce apoptosis of oh, wow. those cancer cells. So I use that one a lot. And and I've seen really good effects with those supplements. There's a ton of other stuff out there, right? So there's, you know, the Budwig diet and Hoxy formula and SEAC tea. And I don't care if people use those things, but I've not seen miraculous results. So those are kind of not necessarily my mainstays of cancer treatment now one thing to remember if your dog or cat has gotten diagnosed with some form of cancer is that your processed foods are at least 50 60 percent carbs carbs turn into sugar and sugar feeds cancer right Right. yep right and so then the other part of it with diet is making the diet more ketogenic yep and for me the there's there's a lot of instructions about how to make a ketogenic food for dogs but what I do is most of my patients are already on a raw diet, or if not, they're going to be shortly. Mm-hmm. And then you take your basic raw diet and add fat to it to make the to try to make the food more ketogenic. Okay. And I'll do this with, with any dog. It's important to do with puppies, too, um, because uh, puppies tend to get super wound up, particularly in the afternoon, and they turn into piranhas. And so basically they're short on fat. Okay. And so I encourage people just look in your fridge once a day and say, what kind of fat do I have that I can give the dog? Do I have green tripe? Do I have 4% cottage cheese? Do I have plain Greek yogurt? Do I have coconut oil? Do I have raw fatty hamburger? Uh, Almond butter, if nothing else. And you just look for any one of those things and give your dog a big spoonful or a big meatball of it. Okay. Whatever it might be. And that should have some protective effect it also helps uh prevent canine cognitive disorder right doggy alzheimer's okay because your brain runs on I'm fat, fat. Yep. that's why it helps calm the puppies what about, when they get super wound up what about bird suet that's all fat yeah but it's processed right and so that's that's why there's what? the risk of dogs getting pancreatitis from the bacon grease is ah. because it's not raw fat it's okay cooked fat Okay, now what about, you know, like... I don't know uh, what they do to suet. Okay, mm. but now the suet that if you go to, like, we've got Grunhoffers in Hugo, okay? Uh-huh. And he has bird suet wrapped up where he just, you know, chopped the fat off, wrapped it up and calls it bird, bird as suet. As long as it's not rendered. Okay. I mean, if it's raw fat, yeah, you can okay. use that. Like, okay. when I feed my dogs beef heart, there's this big rind of fat that kind of sits on the top of the heart. Okay. And it's, you know, two inches thick in some places. Okay. And so I'll make sure every one of the dogs gets a big chunk of the fat as oh, well. Okay. And now is that daily that yeah. we need to give that fat to them? Yeah. 
And so, but start I mean, off slow you know, because I mean, your it, dog's it, gonna it, get the runs. <laughs> well, you know, it depends on the dog, right? And so you don't start with a big spoonful of coconut oil. Yeah. You start with a little spoonful. And if you have something like a palm or a Yorkie, you're maybe starting with a quarter teaspoon of coconut oil. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you know, if you if you haven't fed raw food before, then start with that as kind of your intro, and then gradually, you know, okay. add some fat to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so the diet plays a big, huge, is how fast that if you have been diagnosed with cancer, how it will, will advance, you know, if you... Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you have time to get stuff in place and sometimes you don't, but you do what you can with the time that you have because you never know what's going to work. Oh, yeah. No. So I've seen some animals do very well. I have some patients with cancer who go on a long time and we kind of forget that that's what's going on with them and that's what we're treating them for. Uh-huh. And then, you know, some of them, you maybe get a couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's pretty tough. But yeah, diet is definitely the first step because carbs feed cancer. Yep. So you have to get the carbs out of the diet ASAP. Yep. And, and, uh, um, what was her name? Lori, uh, uh, Magic Bullet Fund. Lori Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. Um, uh, she has Help Your Dog Fight Cancer, a book. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. many books out there now. You know, that she was way at the beginning of everything, right. thinking that way. And so that's the whole thing is that when you get the diagnosis of cancer for your pets, whether dog or cat, is not to hit the, you know, panic button saying, okay, we just have start learning and start looking up and and the internet is not always your friend <laughs> so that's right. why you know so right yeah and i think with things like raw feeding obviously um the internet is a great place for everybody to be right and you to be wrong <laughs> people love telling other people what they're doing wrong and yep. what's wrong with them and so um i tend to take a very relaxed approach there are many different ways to feed raw food uh, there are many different approaches to cancer. There's not necessarily one that's right and one right. that's wrong. Yep. And so that's why there's um, a lot of resources on the favorites page of my website. Um, just so that people can get started. Like if you're feeling like I can't get in with a holistic practitioner for the next month. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? You have starting places right there. Okay. How can they get it? You've got a lot of information on your website. What's yeah. that? Holistic-vet-care.com. Well, thank you. Every time it's great to have you. Thank you, Dr. Levy. Thank you. Mike, always good to see your friendly face. You so as well. we, have, we have a break uh, now, now until next Sunday when then we get to rock and roll with the bikes again. So, yep, you have a great week, folks. Remember, if you don't train them, don't blame them. And look, there's a lot of things you need to know. Think like a dog. Take care.